as we get ready to get into this passage this morning, as we are looking at peace, and our our focus for Advent is definitely on the, the fact that we have peace with God through Jesus Christ, and that God is establishing peace on earth. Uh, but our verse today, because we're doing this scripture memorization focus, the we're still talking about peace, but it has more to do with the idea of developing peace in our own lives, not necessarily with God or with our fellow man, although it can have that impact as well. But, but how do we have peace in our lives? How do we live in peace is, is very much the focus of the verses that we are looking at today. Before we get into it, why don't we go ahead and, and repeat these together several times. They're on two slides, just couldn't fit on one. Uh, but we'll, we'll do this as we have been. We'll read through them both, and then we'll take away some words, and we'll read it through again and fill in the blanks, hopefully. All right, let's try this out this morning, shall we? Uh, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Alright, so now we'll take away just a few of those words. Let's, let's do this again, shall we? Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. All right. Championship round. Here we go. You're ready for this one. All right. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. All right, good job. Yeah. When I was creating that, I thought by the end of that, I thought, maybe I should throw some of those words back in there. I don't know about this one. But we did it. And uh, even if you're struggling with a few of them, that process really helps. When I uh, used to teach children's Wednesday night back in in our first church down in Richards, uh, I, I came upon that method of memorization. And those kids who had no church upbringing in any way they, they could memorize a verse in a, in a night, you know, and, and then we kept going over it and going over it. So it's a, it's a good method just to fill in the blanks, just a, you know, just a few of them. Then you're just memorizing a little bit of the verse at a time, really. But we are looking at, as I, as I said earlier, you know, we're looking at how do we have peace in our lives? And not only that, what does that peace do for us? And... Uh, 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 an important word in these two verses is that word guard. That the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What does that look like? That His peace would guard us. 
would guard our hearts and our minds. So that's, that's what we are looking at today as we, as we celebrate peace. Recognizing that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Recognizing that through Him God has brought peace on earth, goodwill to man. How do we, how do we live out that peace? This passage is in the letter to the Philippians, which Paul wrote while he was in jail, and he was telling them that you know, he, he's, in a certain degree, thankful for the fact that he is in prison. He, he, he sees the benefit that the Gospel of Jesus Christ has spread in part because of his chains. Now, he doesn't want to be in prison necessarily. It wasn't his choice to be there. But he, he obviously has peace. He's there, and he is sharing with the church at Philippi how that is. And so in verse 6, he's telling them, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. He is, he is actually encouraging them, instructing them on how to live. How to go about living their lives. He had told them in verse 4 to rejoice always. Again, I will say rejoice. He had told them in verse 5, Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Let's... Let, the, let the, the world around you, let the people on your street and in your neighborhood know you to be based on your gentle spirit. Because the Lord is near. The time is coming. And He wants them as they are going through struggles and as they are going through trials, He wants them not to be anxious. And, and here's a, there's, a, there's a couple interesting things going on here. The, I love the fact that it says, be anxious for nothing but in everything. Now those are two polar opposites. Nothing means not even the possibility of there being a thing. Zero isn't even nothing. Because zero is a concept. The lack of something. Nothing, this word, means there's not even the possibility of there being a thing. So in nothing, in no area, there should not be any possibility of any aspect of our lives that He would want us to be anxious in. Now, obviously we do get anxious in many things, but Paul is encouraging us that it should be nothing. Not a, not a single thing. But then, in everything, which doesn't just mean in a few things, it doesn't just mean in a some things, it doesn't just mean on some days, but in everything. Completely. I mean, if, if there is a, a, there can't be anything on the very far end of the spectrum, everything. In everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And this, this word anxious, to be anxious about things, uh, Jesus often said, you know, do not worry. It's the same word. To, be, to worry about things. To be anxious. Has the idea, the word is, is a compound word that means to be, be kind of separated. To go to pieces. To be focused on something over here and then focused on something over there. It, it has the idea of, of being torn almost. To be divided. And that's what happens when we're anxious about something. We, we can't quite settle on anything, can we? 
We're, we're anxious about the future and we don't know how it's going to go. Will it go to the left? Will it go to the right? Will I, do I need to do this action? Do I need to do that action? But have you ever noticed, once you, once you wrestle with your anxiety, once you come down to a, a plan, all that anxiety can go away if you start having a singular focus. Right? We, we're, we're nervous about that. We're nervous about this. Sometimes the anxiety is taken away from us when the world or, or just the way the life is going gives us only one option. And we're going to have to walk through that no matter what. This is why the nervousness of what am I going to do can become a very focused, I'm going to t- get an operation. Because you get to the point where you say, well, that's, that's the option. You know, we're, we're anxious about it. Nobody likes the idea of getting cut open, right? We don't like to go under the knife. We don't like to go under anesthesia. But if you get to the point where you know that's the only option, it's amazing how quickly we get used to the idea and say, this is what I'm going to do. And, and, and then you, you, you stop eating the night before. And you wake up on time. And you show up on time. And you're like, let's get this done. You don't want to do it. But all the anxiety about it. The wondering, is there another option here or there? That all goes away. And, and so what Paul is telling the church in Philippi and what the Holy Spirit is telling us through His Word is that we are not supposed to be torn all over and wondering about what next, what next, what do I do, how do I handle this, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And so what Paul is saying is that instead of being all distracted and instead of, like in the example, just accepting the fact that I've only got one option, before you get to that point, he says, hand it over to God. He says, in, in essence, in, in, our, in our trials that we face, and remember last week we were looking at consider it all joy when you encounter various trials. So in the trials that we face and everything that we go through, our focus should not be divided. We should not be worried about what to do. But instead, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let it be made known to God. So, so Paul wants us in our trials, in your trials, to focus singularly on God. I think sometimes when we're going through things, and it's not just, can I do this? Can I do that? As my answers to my problem. But much like Peter when he asked Jesus if he could come out in the, on the waves and walk on the water, he started noticing the wind. He started noticing the waves. He started looking at all these problems, all these dangers, and he started to sink. And so as we go through trials, as we go through life even, it doesn't even have to be trials. As we go through life, instead of being focused on all the things around us and and which things should I do or what actions should I take, focus singularly on God. Lord, what would you have me do here? Lord, how will this get solved? Lord, this is a problem I have. That's what Paul is telling them to do is they're, as they're going through the world and they are surrounded by people who are uh, antagonistic toward them and hostile toward them. Paul is saying, focus on God. Be anxious for nothing. Don't, don't be torn apart. Don't be trying to figure out the answer. Don't be trying to figure out what are you, you know, 
what do I need to do? But not only that, being so focused on all the things around us and all the problems or all the options that we ignore God. Instead, focus on God. And, and he tells us in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. To let your requests be made known to God. Let your requests. Requests are desires. He wants us to take to God our actual desires. What we want to see happen. What we're struggling with. What we want to the Lord to do for us. And, and, and the idea of to make that they would be made known. It, it's a word that's... Remember I've said there's two kinds of knowledge. There's the inherent, I have this knowledge. And then there's the, I've experienced this knowledge. So, so there, there's certain things I know, not because I've experienced it, but because I've read it in a book. You know, I, I, I can know certain things are true, not because I've seen it, not because I've experienced it, but maybe somebody else has experienced it and they've shared it with me and I've read about it or I've heard about it. There is that knowledge. And then there is knowledge that is the knowledge of, I've done this. I, I know what this experience is. I've experienced it myself. I have seen it with my own eyes. And so therefore, I know this to be true. That kind of knowledge is what he is saying. Let, let your requests be made known to God. Jesus used the same word when he said, I have made your name known among them. And John, he was talking to God, he was praying, but he was saying, I've made your name known to the people. Now, on the one hand, we recognize God is all-knowing. He knows your problems, right? He knows what you're facing. He knows what you're struggling with. He knows what your life is like. He knows the joys that are set before you, and he knows the potential temptations. And yet, Paul is saying, make them be known to God. Let them be made known. Tell Him about it so that He might see it for Himself is the idea. That He might know about it as if He didn't know. That we would, we would explain it to Him. That we would come to Him. That we would share with Him what our desires are. That we would be personal with Him in this. Let it be made known to Him. Point it out to God. Whether he needs it pointed out or not is irrelevant. He wants it to be pointed out to him. He wants us to come to him. You know, when the, when the disciples came to Jesus and the, the, the boat was uh, in the storm and he was asleep, they woke him up. The, the, the problem with their faith is they said, don't you care? They didn't realize they had God in the boat with them. There was no way that boat was going down, but they didn't trust him. But yet... What did they do? They went and woke him up. You had, you had seasoned sailors and fishermen who came to Jesus. They were out of options and they wanted him to be awake with them. They wanted him there. I think there's a certain part of God that he wants you to wake him up. He, not that he sleeps, but you understand what I'm saying? When I was a, a young and I was in my first apartment all by myself, I woke up in the early morning hours to a wonderful rainstorm. I don't know about you, I love laying in bed and listening to it rain outside. As I sat there enjoying that wonderful rainstorm, I realized that water sounded really close. Then it dawned on me that water was not outside. 
And then it dawned on me that there was probably a problem in the apartment upstairs. And sure enough, I opened up my eyes, I got out of bed, and my feet sunk into the wet, soggy carpet. And I knew I was going to have a bad day that day. But I was by myself in that apartment. So I did what any reasonable human being would do. I called my dad, who was an hour behind me, to wake him up so that he could join with me in my sorrow. Not that he could do a thing for me. I just wanted somebody. But my dad happened to be out on work flying for United. So my mom got to answer that phone call. And she loves to talk about how her baby boy just had to call his mommy up at 4 a.m. Even though there wasn't a blessed thing she could do about it. But we like to share things with people, don't we? And and as much as she was distant, God is present. And as much as she didn't have the ability to fix it, He does. And don't you think that your Father in Heaven... I mean, as much as my mom did not want to be woken up that early, I think there's a fact that she loved the fact that I called. That my thought was my parents. They'll, They'll tell me what to do. They'll help me out here somehow. Don't you think God likes to hear from His kids? Not just when there's a problem, but even when there's a problem. Don't you think He likes to hear from His kids? Yeah, He knows everything. But don't you think He likes to hear from His kids? And for us to make it known to Him what our requests are. what our Literally, requests can be demands or petitions. It's something that you're wanting to see happen. And He invites that from us. And not only that, when we do that, when we, when we bring to Him our requests through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, what, what we are doing is, is taking the focus off of ourselves and onto Him. We are saying, in, in essence, that we trust in God and not in ourselves. And that's what Paul is telling us to do, to, to trust in God and not yourself. To... to Call upon Him when you're having these things, when, when you're going through various trials, when you are anxious about something, or when you could potentially be anxious for something. Trust in God and not in yourself. That, that's when, what we're talking about when we're saying to, to um, in everything by prayer. The word prayer means to focus your attention on Him. Prayer and supplication are really almost repetitive ideas. But to pray, that the word for prayer there is the idea of turning your face towards somebody and requesting. And supplication is the idea. It's often translated as prayer as well. But supplication has the idea of entreating, bringing a need. So with prayer and supplication, with prayer coming in and focusing on God, and then with supplication, proclaiming your need and entreating upon Him that He might answer it, And then with thanksgiving. That when we go to Him and say, Lord, this is my struggle. This is my request. I thank You. What do we thank Him for? We thank Him for hearing us. We thank Him for answering us. We thank Him for caring about us. 
He is not a God you have to appease to get him to listen to you. He is not a God you have to bribe to get to act upon your behalf. We can thank him even when we don't have the answer we're looking for yet. We can thank him because we know that he loves us and that he cares for us. We can thank him because we know he will not ignore us. And when we do that, when we come to him in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, we are trusting in him and not ourselves. A lot of times, what do we do? We try to take care of things ourselves until we run out of options. And it's only when we get to the point where we run out of options that we start going to God. Right? We think this is a small matter. I'll I'll take care of it. But no, in everything, in everything, trust God and not in yourself. Don't, don't, don't say, I have to do this. Don't say, I am you know, needing to do all these things. But trust in God, not in yourself. That doesn't mean that you don't know that you're able of doing things. It doesn't mean that you're not capable of doing things. It means that you don't place the trust in yourself. That, that's what happens when we're anxious. When we're focused on ourselves, we can always doubt, am I doing the right thing? Is this the right course of action? And that's where the anxiety comes from. I love the, just the, the humble example, not to call anybody out, but I, just, I, love, I love the testimony of Delmer Hawley. When he started his business, Lord, let me feed my family. Help me provide, feed my family. He didn't need to, to you know, get multimillionaire status. He didn't need to have a big mansion. Wasn't fancy cars. Wasn't status. Let me feed my family. And as he was faithful, he was able, faithful to trust, I should say. Faithful to trust. God proved himself faithful over and over and over again. Reminds me, and, and we just had another experience. Amy works caters sometimes for Bartley's Barbecue and Grapevine. We were talking to the owner uh, who, who can't seem to retire uh, when we were there Wednesday. And, and he had the same statement. He said, I was just asking God, let me feed my family. He said, I didn't realize how much he was going to give me. Trust in God. Not in yourself. That doesn't mean you don't work hard. It doesn't mean you don't apply yourself. It doesn't mean you don't have to do some stuff. But it it has to do with where is your trust? Is your trust in your ability to get it done? Is it in your ability to see yourself through? Is your trust, your focus, your eyes on Christ and on the Lord? That's what he means when he says, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, bring it to him. And, And when we do that, When we bring it to Him, He tells us in verse 7, the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. As you bring your troubles to the Lord, as you bring your your situations, your your needs, as you bring to Him and and, and pray to Him and, and tell Him what you want to see happen, as you thank Him for it in, in seeking wisdom, And seeking direction, the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension. And that word comprehension means is that other people around you 
may think you're crazy for being at peace because they think you need to act a certain way. They think you need to do something. They think you need to take action. And you're like, no, I've already taken action. I've prayed to God. I took it to Him. I'm focusing on Him. And, and, and God, if He's going to answer you, He might tell you this is what you need to do. He'll make it very clear. This is the action you need to take. Sometimes He'll make it very clear not to take that action. As we follow Him, we can trust that He will provide and that He will guide us. And, and He says that as we do that, the peace of God will guard our hearts will guard our minds in Christ Jesus. That, that as we come to Him and pray to Him, and I don't know about you, but that's been my experience. When I pray to God, I walk out of that prayer at peace most often than not. If I haven't gotten out of peace, I probably need to keep praying. But a lot of times we have all these things. Anxious, remember, is divided. We're thinking all these different options, all these different things I need to do, all these worries that are surrounding me and choking me. And yet when you start praying to God, the more you focus on Him, the more you, you look at Him. The more you bring your, your needs, there will be certain things, certain supplications, certain requests that you'll make. And as soon as they're out of your mouth, you'll think to yourself, why did I even ask for that? That was... That wasn't smart. That wasn't good. That wasn't worthwhile. And then there'll be things that you're worried about. And as you focus on God and who He is, all those worries will start to become small. They'll, they'll still be there, but they'll be smaller because He's greater. And as you hand it over to Him, peace comes. And, and that's what Paul's encouraging us, that as we give our troubles to God, He gives His peace to us. His desire is not to trouble us more. To walk with Jesus means that we will encounter various trials, but that doesn't mean that we are going to have greater troubles. As we give them over to God, as we focus on Him, well, all of a sudden, He gives His peace to us. I think a great example of this is in the story of Les Mis especially in the musical, when when Jean Valjean is wrestling with, he has found that there's another man who's been accused of being him, who's who's been falsely identified as Jean Valjean, and he, this other man, is going to go to prison. And, And Valjean is thinking to himself, I could be free forever if I just keep my mouth shut. But I can't keep my mouth shut and let another man pay for my crime. But if I, keep, if I speak up, if I say something, all my workers, and he, he ran these warehouses and these factories, he said, all my workers will be out of work. They'll all suffer. I can't, I can't do that to all these people. And he thinks, but if I, if I don't speak, what happens to my soul? What happens to that other man? And he finally settles on, I gave my, my, my soul belongs to God alone. I made that bargain long ago. And when that realization comes up to him that he doesn't have to worry about his factories, he doesn't have to worry about going to prison, he doesn't have to worry about the outcome. All he knows is he can trust God. And he needs to speak the truth because God is a God of truth. And so then he goes and he presents himself to the court so that other man might go free. 
once we focus on God, once we give Him our troubles, it's amazing how He, he gives us peace. And, and that peace and His answer may not be yes. Just because we go to God and we ask Him for something doesn't mean it's going to be yes. I, I, I think of Mary when, when uh, it was the wedding of Canaan in John chapter 2 and she goes to Jesus and she says, they've run out of wine. And He says to her, what's that to me? My time has not yet come. He flat out told her, no. But what does she do? She just turns to the servants and says, do whatever He tells you to do. She has confidence in Him. Even though He doesn't know, she has confidence because He knows what her heart's desire is, that He would help. Even though He said no, she has confidence. He'll do it. She thanks. She has that thankfulness. You know, when we talk about uh, making a request known to God by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, she has that thankfulness. She expects He's going to do it. She doesn't know what he's going to do. She doesn't know when. She just tells the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. Obey him. Listen to him. She has expectation. God gives us his peace, and his peace may not be a yes answer. His peace may be peace for the no answer. Like, in the, in the case of uh, Jean Valjean, he lost his position as mayor. He lost the factories that he ran. He went to prison again. But he had peace in it. And that's what happens. When we tell him our desires, he gives us peace. Because ultimately what we are doing is we are trusting in God and not ourselves. And we can trust him even with various outcomes that are not what we would choose. And that peace that He gives us, Paul tells us that peace which surpasses all comprehension, a lot of people will, will doubt it, they'll question it, they won't understand it. It will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Your heart is the center of your being in their way of thinking. Their heart is what did the thinking. You know, where we talk about our mind and our heart or our soul. Their, their heart did the, the thinking. The feeling was, was a little bit lower down. So when he says that your, it will, the peace will guard your hearts, it was your, 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 your inner human being, your soul, who you are and how you live will be guarded by him. And, and then the mind is the idea of your thoughts, your purpose, your activity, your, your, your reasoning, the result of what you're thinking. And, and so whereas when we get anxious, what do we do? We, we can get all messed up in our thinking. Right? We, 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 can, we can imagine problems that aren't really there. But when we take our, our worries and our cares and our desires to God and we trust Him, and He gives us that peace. That peace can guard our thinking where we think right. Where we think through the lens of God. And we can have peace in our hearts and in who we are. We can rest assured in God. We can be firm. 
And I think, I think ultimately what his peace guards us against, and that, that word guard kind of has the idea of like a sentinel, uh, a military guard at a gate. Nothing's going to get in. His peace, God's peace, will guard us from being anxious. I think that's ultimately when he talks about don't be anxious, I don't know about you, but even after I've prayed to God and I've taken something to Him, I can still be anxious after the fact. But when He gives me peace, when I focus on Him, now now it's a singular focus. And His peace guards us from being anxious. His peace protects us and guards us from being divided in our worries, in our thoughts. Remember, God is the one, or Jesus, but you know, God in the flesh. Jesus told us that when we prayed, we should say, give us today our daily bread. When we're anxious, we're worried about tomorrow. When we're anxious, we're worried about the next year. When we're anxious, we're all over the place. But His peace will guard us from being anxious because as we trust in Him, we can accept the daily bread, trusting that tomorrow's bread will show up. We can trust the daily bread, trusting that next year... He will show up. We don't have to see it necessarily. We can trust and believe in Him. And that's what Jesus calls us to do as believers. To not be worried about uh, what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear. How you're going to sleep at night. Don't be worried about all these things. I can think about how many times sleep has been robbed from me because I woke up and all of a sudden all the worries... All the different, you know, multiple things i got to worry about today. Take care of today. Pop into your head and you can't sleep again. But when we trust in God, when we take to Him our troubles and our desires, His peace will guard us from being anxious. We, we can just focus on what's the thing in front of me today? What's the thing I've got to do today? I don't need to be worried about tomorrow. If, if you've got things that are coming up tomorrow, if you've got things that are coming up in the year, tell God. Bring it to Him with prayer and supplication. Don't just say, oh Lord, this is the problem. Hey, go out on a limb. Tell Him what you want to see happening about that problem. Tell Him what your desire would be. And be careful, He might actually do it. Check the wording. Check the wording that you use. There have been several times when I thought, well, this is what I prayed for, but it looked different in my mind. But I go back and I look at the wording I used, and sure enough, he was listening to me. And he gave me what I asked for. I needed to, to be a little bit carefuler in how I worded things, maybe. But he has provided. And all we need to worry about that way is, is what's the next thing? And all those anxieties, all those desires will, will bombard you. And want to distract you. Take care of this problem. Take care of that problem. But God will take care of those things in His time. In His way. And His, His way might be to tell you to do something. His way might be to guide you to go a certain direction. His may, way might be to tell you to stop doing something. And then we have the op- option, the, the, the need. Do we listen to Him? Do we obey what He tells us to? I think this is the secret that Paul came to that got him through prison. 
He was in prison. He wanted to be in Spain, but he was in prison. So it was his heart's desire that someday he would be released and that someday he would go on to other parts of the world. But for the moment, he was in prison. And so for the moment, that was his mission field. That was his place. What do I do here while I'm here? That's the question for all of us. Wherever you are in life, whatever your condition, what has God given you today? What has God given you today to do? What has God given you today to live on? Accept Him. Trust Him for tomorrow. Trust Him for all of tomorrow's tomorrows. Hand it over to Him. Tell Him what you want to see happen. And let His peace guard you from the anxiety that is so threatening in our lives today. Let's say this verse, verse, these two verses one last time together, shall we? Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I focused heavily on trusting in God. Don't forget the let your requests be made known to God part too. Take them to Him. Let's take them to Him now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You for today. We thank You for Your blessings that have seen us be able to get through a service when at one point we didn't know if we would be in the light. We thank You, Father, for how You provide. We recognize that You do provide, that You are a loving Father. You are so much better than we are as being parents and better than our parents could have ever been. And You provide. You care for Your children and you look after your children and you love your children. So Father, we pray that we would bring to you our requests. That we would focus our eyes on you in the troubles and the struggles that we have. Lord, even in the blessings that we have, in the things when we uh, wonder what to do with the blessings that you have given us, may we not trust in ourselves, but trust you. To bring them to you. To, to entreat you to guide us, to give us wisdom, to show us the way You would have us live. Lord, help us to focus on You that we might know Your peace. And we pray, Lord, that Your peace would guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Lord, keep us from getting uh, anxious about life from getting anxious about tomorrow and this thing that needs to be done or that thing that needs to be handled. Help us, Lord, to trust in You. Not to the point where we become lazy. Not to the point where we quit serving. But Lord, may we wait upon You actively and look to Your leading and trust in Your provision in our lives. We pray this today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.